Hey, good morning, White Oak. It is so good to be here with you today, and uh, I'm so glad to be. We are like midway through this series that we're in called Blessed, and it is a look at the Beatitudes in the Bible. And so uh, if you've been with us, you're kind of familiar with what we're talking about, but if you're new here, uh, let me just set it up for you. The Beatitudes are a list that kind of Jesus goes through in his very first sermon that he preaches called the Sermon on the Mount. It's found in Matthew chapter 5. And in Matthew chapter 5, he goes through this list of what we call Beatitudes, and that simply means blessed are. And so it's this string of different situations that Jesus calls out and says, hey, if you find yourself in this situation, if you kind of find yourself in this situation you're blessed. And so the crazy thing about the list is that it's not a list that we would typically think of when we think about blessing, all right? And so for the people that were hearing it, and even for us today, when we kind of have been walking through this teaching of Jesus, the significance of it is that uh, it, it's something that's very unlikely, All right, and so as he talks about blessed are the poor in spirit or blessed are those who mourn, blessed are the meek, for the people who heard it and for us today, that doesn't seem like the kind of list that those people would would just be celebrating. Oh man, I feel so blessed because I just lost a loved one or I I feel so blessed because, you know, I'm feeling so uh, spiritually um, poor, Right? And so we have this, uh, this kind of dichotomy of what Jesus calls blessed and what the world around us kind of seems to be celebrating. And so Jesus is not prescribing for us in this list attitudes and actions that we need to strive to have. All right? He's not, he's not uh, prescribing, hey, if you want blessing, you need to do this. Rather, instead of prescribing actions that we need to be trying to chasing after or a, or a checklist that we need to be doing, what he's really doing is he's proclaiming truth. Jesus is proclaiming that, hey, I've got good news for you. As he comes on the scene and he's speaking to this broken nation, He says, I have good news for you. When you find yourself mourning, when you find yourself meek, when you find yourself poor in spirit, he says, I want you to know that I came and I have established my kingdom for you. I know you may feel like this is a curse. I know you may feel like that this is a weakness, but Jesus says, I want you to know that this is a blessing because I've come and my kingdom is for you. And so that's the, uh, that's the good news of this list. And one of the other things that we we just want people to know as we're kind of going through this is that we don't want to lose the forest for the trees here. All right. And what I mean by that is that We don't want to narrow in so tightly on each of these individual words that we lose sight of the totality of what Jesus is talking about, all right? So we can't view just one of these, like blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. We can't just narrow in on that and uh, and that's all we see. We have to see that within the context of everything that Jesus is saying and how these attitudes 
uh, and these actions really kind of fit more into uh, a whole as opposed to just looking at them one by one. Now we are week by week kind of going through them, but each week we're kind of pulling back and saying, how, how does this relate to the whole? And so uh, one of the best ways for us to do that is simply just to read through it. And so we've been beginning every week, just kind of looking at the beginning of this uh, passage. And so we're going to be in Matthew chapter 5. If you've got your Bibles, go ahead and turn there. Uh, You can use the Bible app on your phone if you've got that with you. Uh, We've got free Bibles at the hub. If you don't have one, we would love to put the Word of God in your hand. But Matthew chapter 5, and we're going to look at verses 1 through 12 as we uh, begin looking at these, this list that Jesus is preaching and beginning with and uh, calling out these blessings. Begins with this. It says, Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and he sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice, be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. One of the things that we kind of notice when we're reading through here is that there's this flow that happens as you're reading this. Jesus calls out a group of people or a person who's blessed in the situation that they're in, blessed are the, are the poor in spirit. And then he follows it up with what the blessing is, right? For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And the kingdom of heaven is a major theme throughout this. And remember, as we've been talking about the kingdom of heaven, a lot of us just immediately hear heaven and we think afterlife. We think, uh, you know, After I'm dead, I'm going to heaven. And and that's part of this blessing. But it's not all of it. Jesus' kingdom that he came and established is right here and it's right now and it's all around us. And it is experienced when people who follow Jesus and surrender to him live out his will. And so Jesus' kingdom, Jesus' culture, Jesus' attitudes are lived out here on earth and we can experience it right here and right now. And that's an important thing to remember because our blessing isn't just some far off promise. It is that. We have this promise of eternal life and eternity with God. But Jesus' kingdom is also all around us and it's right here and it's right now and it's not what people expected Right? We, we look for strength and we look for power. And Jesus says, in my kingdom, the blessings come to those who are finding themselves in situations where they have no other choice but to fully rely on God. That's one of the things that all of these have in common is just that when you find yourself in this situation, 
you find yourself in a place where you are fully reliant on God. And so today we're looking at Matthew chapter 5, verse 7. It's the beatitude we're going to kind of hone in on. And it said, blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Now, it's interesting that this is one of the only Beatitudes where the thing that you receive is the same thing that you are called to give, all right? And so what I mean by that is that, uh, you know, we're, he's calling out, he's saying, you know, blessed are the merciful. And, and what is it that they're going to receive back from God? What is the blessing that they're going to receive? Well, if we're merciful, we will receive mercy. And so our big idea today is you're blessed when you show mercy. You're blessed when you show mercy. Now, the word mercy is this medieval Latin word, and it simply means price paid. I like that. Price paid. And it has this connotation as you would use it or as it would have been used then as, uh, as someone who's an authority, like a judge, who, uh, who withholds a, uh, a judgment on someone, shows them leniency, mercy um, to someone who, who deserves to be Punished, and so that's kind of like the the uh, the connotation that is for mercy. And so a lot of times it's connected with other words like compassion and kindness. Now here in church we use uh, two words kind of simultaneously. We use them interchangeably. We use mercy and grace. All right, and, and so mercy and grace are two words that are very similar, but they're actually different. Grace is when I receive something that I do not deserve, okay? So think about a time when you've received something that you do not deserve. I receive the love of God even though I do not deserve it. That is grace. Mercy is a withholding. Mercy is when you deserve some type of punishment, but you don't receive it. Whoever is, uh, whoever is laying down that punishment, whoever is gonna leverage that punishment shows mercy when they withhold that punishment. So grace is when I receive something I don't deserve and mercy is when I don't receive some kind of punishment that I do deserve. And so as we, uh, as we look at this uh, idea of mercy and grace played out, uh, we see that, uh, that from God, through Jesus, we receive both. We receive both mercy and grace. I love the idea of mercy and grace because I'm not a rule follower, all right? I'm a rule breaker. And so I often find myself, and I'm not just talking about uh, in, a, in a biblical sense, I'm just talking about everyday life. I often find myself uh, needing a little bit of grace and mercy because I'm constantly doing things wrong, 
all right? Um, and, uh, and so I appreciate uh, a little bit of grace and a little bit of mercy, but I know that in this room, I might have some rule followers. Anybody identify, self-identify as a, as a rule follower uh, in here, okay? And so for you, it might bother you when someone receives grace and mercy. And the reason it bothers you sometimes is because you follow the rules, right? And, and so when you are shopping at Kroger and you come and you see all the carts that are in disarray because nobody put them back where they were supposed to go and you're like, it's so easy, right? Like, like, like why didn't you just... Put it back. I put mine back. Why didn't you put? And so like, it'll make you mad that somebody comes along and collects all those and puts them back where they belong because you just think to yourself, well, I put mine back. Why doesn't everyone just do what I do, right? And so this idea of mercy and grace, like for us, because remember, Jesus says, blessed are the merciful. That means we're showing mercy, because when we do that, when we're that type of person, Jesus says that we will receive mercy. Well, showing mercy, it can be difficult. It can be hard. And, and so like in my life, well, I said, I, I love receiving a little bit of grace and mercy because I'm always making mistakes. I'm turning things in late. I'm, you know, I'm always asking for uh, extensions. But for myself, I, I can rationalize all those things, right? I, I can tell you why I did it. And I can tell you like, uh, I have a good reason. And like, oh, you don't understand. Like I just got so busy with this and that. And it's like, but when it comes to somebody else, you know, I think this is a lot of us. We rationalize our own mistakes. We rationalize our own shortcomings. We, we rationalize our own failures. But when we look out at somebody else, our expectations for them are not the same as our expectations for ourselves. We, we expect more from others. We demand more for others. And so we're less likely to show mercy. But Jesus says, and our big idea today is this, you're blessed when you show mercy. You're blessed when you show mercy. And so uh, Jesus tells this story that is um, kind of, showcases what it is that we're talking about. Now he was with his, uh, he was with his disciples and, uh, and Peter uh, comes to him and he's asking him a question. And, and a lot of great Jesus stories come from questions that come from his disciples or from other people. And so Peter's asking him a question. Peter's just kind of fed up with some of the people around him. And he's just like, hey, Jesus, how often... Do I have to forgive my brothers and sisters who sin against me, who, who hurt me, who, who betray me? How often, Jesus, do I need to forgive them? And so in Matthew chapter 18, if you wanna, you wanna turn there and, uh, and have that, in Matthew chapter 18, in verse 21, we get the beginning of this. It says, then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brothers or sisters who sin against me? He says, up to seven times. Okay, and so Peter's like, hey, Jesus, 
How many times do I have to put up with this? How many times do I have to forgive them? How much uh, mercy or grace do I need to extend to them? And Jesus' answer kind of catches Peter off guard. Jesus says to him in verse 22, I tell you not seven times, but 77 times. All right, Jesus, I see what you did there. He says, not seven times, but 77 times. Now, you don't get caught up on the number. What I believe that Jesus is doing, I, I believe he's using a, uh, a literary device, you know, hyperbole. I, I think that Jesus's point that he's trying to get across to Peter is simple. Peter, stop counting. Peter, stop counting. And so, and in just this, you know, typical Jesus fashion, he begins to tell this story. Now, what I want you to understand is that as he's, uh, as a setup for all of this in Matthew chapter 18, Jesus has just finished teaching about how we as people should interact with one another, how we are to be towards each other. Okay, and so Matthew chapter 18, there's this famous section of scripture where basically if you have a disagreement with someone, if someone's wronged you in some way, Matthew 18 has this section where it basically lays out how you should deal with that issue. Begins with, you know, one-on-one going to the person and, and expressing the hurt that you're experiencing to them. And then if that doesn't work, you bring somebody else with you. And if that doesn't work, you come before your church leaders and you share it with them. And, and then finally, uh, if, uh, if you can't find resolution, it says you basically just kind of like wash your hands of them and just, just disassociate from them. And so there's this, you know, this setup that Jesus has where he's teaching about how we are to be towards one another. And so Peter's asking this question, well, how, how many times, Jesus, how, how often do I need to be forgiving of them? And so as uh, Jesus just kind of raises this standard, he goes in and he tells this story and it's found in verses 23 through 35. And we're going to look at it now uh, quickly. He says, Therefore, the kingdom of heaven, again, there's that word, kingdom of heaven. Jesus is describing what his kingdom on earth right here and right now looks like. He says, therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that they had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. But when the servant went back out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay back the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and they went and told their master everything that had happened. 
Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, the master handed him over to the jailer to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Now, I don't know that this is the answer that Peter was looking for when he asked how forgiving he needed to be towards others. One of the things that stands out in this passage of scripture is the disparity. I mean, this guy could be any one of us. He owes this great debt that he can't repay. And for himself, he wants leniency. He wants forgiveness. And the the king could have done a bunch of different things here. He, He could have given him more time. He could have reduced the amount that he owed. But it says that he canceled it. He just wiped it out. And so now this man is free. And what does he do with his newfound freedom? He finds someone who who owes much less than what he owed. Demands that that man pay him back. And when he can't, he has him thrown in the jail. And he has no mercy on this man. And like I said, this could be any of us because here's the truth. You and I, We owe a debt that we can never pay. We we owe an amount that we could never fully satisfy. Matthew 18, 32 says this. It says, then the master called the servant in. He said, you wicked servant. He said, I canceled all that debt for yours because you begged me to. And, and so for us, we, we have this. Shouldn't you, he said, have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? And I, and I feel this, like this is, this is me. I want grace and forgiveness and mercy for myself, but I'm reluctant to show it to others. And I don't know if you've ever been there. I don't know if you've ever been in this situation. But the disparity just stands out to me that this man was forgiven so much, but yet was not able to overlook the smallest thing. And so we have this, we have this warning from Jesus. If you remember in this passage that, uh, that we began with, 
It says, blessed are the merciful for they will be shown mercy. Matthew 5, 7. Blessed are the merciful for they will be shown mercy. That there's this promise that when we show mercy to others that we will receive mercy back from God. And in verse 35, Jesus is warning to us as this. He says, this is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Look, this isn't Jesus teaching us that we need to be a doormat to people. This isn't Jesus teaching us that we need to just continue to walk into harm. Now, Matthew chapter 18 lays out our appropriate response when we've been hurt by others. That we go to them one-on-one, that we bring another trusted friend along and, and we share with them what it is that we're dealing with, what the hurt that we're experiencing that if they still won't listen, that we bring in the church. And and it it lays out what we should do. It's not advocating that we just continue to get walked all over. But it is reminding us that each and every one of us have been forgiven through Jesus Christ a debt that we cannot repay. And that in turn, our attitude towards others should be one of forgiveness. That our attitude towards others should be one of mercy, withholding. You see, through this list of beatitudes, we've been saying this from the very beginning, this is not a to-do list. This is a good news list. And the good news is that we have received grace and forgiveness and mercy from our Heavenly Father. And so our challenge, our call, is to live like that towards others. Romans chapter three and Romans chapter six lays out a pretty clear description of the situation that all of us find ourselves in. Romans 6, 23 says, for the wages of sin is death Romans, uh, I'm sorry, Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I I call Romans 6.23, bad news, good news. Bad news is, is that the wages of sin for each and every one of us is death. That's bad news. But the good news is that the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. 
Romans chapter three, verse 23 acknowledges, and I tell people this all the time. It says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All is the key word there. That's every one of us. And so the disparity in the story of the unmerciful servant is the thing that stands out, that all of us have this sin problem. All of us have this debt that we cannot repay on our own. And we receive this mercy from the King, from our heavenly Father. And so we have these interactions with our brothers and sisters here on earth. And, uh, and I know they seem like these huge, big things, but in comparison to what it is that we've been forgiven for, when it comes to comparison for what it is that, that's been done in our life, there's really no comparison. And so the call for each and every one of us, the call is, the good news is, if you can remember back at the very beginning of this message when we defined what mercy is, what, what was the original definition of the word mercy? Price paid. I have this debt that I can't pay. And the mercy that I receive through Jesus Christ's death, burial, and resurrection through a relationship with him is that when God sees me, he says, price paid. And so now the call for me is, how am I going to live towards others? How am I gonna see others? How am I gonna live out mercy and compassion and kindness to others? In view of what's been done in my own personal life. When, when I recognize, when I realize what God has already done in my life. And so it's a cool morning. Uh, today's a baptism Sunday. We've got four young people who are gonna be baptized uh, later today, all teenagers. And, uh, and so that's exciting as we, uh, as we think about um, just uh, what God's doing in their life. Four young adults in our second service are going to uh, claim Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And so like, if you're here today and you wanna talk more about the mercy that God has for you, if you wanna learn more about what Jesus has done for you, I'd love to talk to you. You can come and find me uh, down front after service. But for all of us, there's this challenge that this beatitude lays out Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. You, you can't disconnect these two things. That if I'm unwilling to be merciful towards others, that if I'm unwilling to forgive others, that that could affect my ability to be forgiven. Because to be in a right relationship with God, to be in a, uh, in a saving relationship with God, I gotta put Jesus first. And in his kingdom, people are merciful. People are forgiving. People are full of grace. And that's the kind of person I wanna be. And, and maybe you can look for an opportunity this week to extend some mercy to be forgiving, 
even maybe when somebody doesn't ask for it, maybe even in your mind, somebody doesn't deserve it. You're blessed when you show mercy. Will you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for today and I thank you so much for the blessings that you pour out on us, God. My prayer is one of thanksgiving for the mercy that I've received, God, and my prayer is for one of strength that I might be able to show that kind of mercy to others. We thank you so much for your son, Jesus. It's in his name that we pray, amen.